Wow, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode. The Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. It's crazy. Still get up for these things. You know what I mean? I get nervous. I want to put this out to you guys and I do these Patreons regularly. But when I do this show, when I get ready to put out an Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast episode, the butterflies set in. You know what I mean? It's just me in a room. I'm not even wearing pants. But I still get excited for it. I still get nervous. I still get those butterflies to bring you guys these episodes. Let's start the show. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gone. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't gotta be a tenant. Cause we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out. Cause we got the drink back. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leads from Yeah All aboard and welcome Ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you not quite live From Hewlett Long Island New York We're having fun today It's a little bit of a day off Don't really get those too often But you guys know, hey, if, listen, if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are a cruise talk radio show uh, hosted by myself. My name is Tommy Casabona. We do go off the rails a little bit. I have been told. Now, this is the important part. Ready? I've been told that it's an acquired taste. So if you don't uh, catch the always be booked cruise train the first time around, I think we would all benefit from you giving it another try and another try we have some fun out here that's what we're doing we have a facebook group that's where we have a whole bunch of fun check out my meme today on richard fain i do think i'm hilarious if i say so myself uh it's the always be booked cruise and travel lounge on facebook there's also an instagram out there if you if, you, if you're interested in that type of thing it's always be booked on instagram YouTube. There's tons of stuff, back stuff on YouTube. Now, I haven't done the YouTube lately, mainly because YouTube, that stuff takes a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? I got the camera. I even got the tripod already. You know what I mean? I got that stuff ready to go. But as we were opening the restaurant and things like that, a little tough, a little tough. If you're new to the uh, program, yeah, I have a restaurant I, I am the general manager of. And, uh, you know, that takes up a lot of my time. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why you don't get episodes as often as I would like, maybe the weekly variety. But the main reason is because what am I going to do? How much uh, crap Am I going to come at you guys with uh, with this? Uh, I mean, w- what direction are we going here with cruising? Nobody knows. Now, there has seemed, and in some cases, to get some clarity. And I will go like maybe the two steps forward, one step back approach. You know what I mean? Because I do feel like there are things that are happening that are taking us in the right direction. But... The reality is, is that we really don't have a date. You know, there's so much stuff out there. There's so much information. There's so much misinformation. There's so much assuming going on. And nobody really knows what is 
going through the minds of the CDC or the federal government. So here we are waiting in the lurch to try to figure out what's going to happen, where are we going, and, you know, the next next. Listen, uh, I, I guess the main thing right now that people are saying, first of all, I want to tell you something. This episode never ha- almost never happened today. I was fired up. Uh, you ever get, you know, I mean, I know we all do, but, you know, those days where it feels like, you know, things are going okay, and then life hits you in the mouth. <laughs> I felt good today. I went to the gym, got my Starbucks, came home, and I don't know how, why, when, or where I could not find my wallet. So you go to Starbucks, right? You go to the drive-thru, you order your uh, Trenta cold brew black, and you give them your card, and then you take your card back, accept your coffee, and you're on your way. At least that's the way we draw it up, isn't it? Now, I did just that. Everything seemed like it was going fine. I get home, get the coffee, get the keys out, get ready. I'm excited to bring you guys an episode, pat myself down, no wallet or wallet as the French might want to call it, or Debbie Parker too. Debbie Parker, shout out to Debbie Parker, big fan of rapper, DC rapper Wale, as well as Black Sabbath and all, you know, whoever else. Check out Te- Debbie Parker's podcast, by the way, Smiling for Success. She does a great job. Uh, interviews lately too on there. Now listen, getting back to, you know, this is this is a double tangent we're on here, but listen, again, listen. You guys are going to be part of the family. New listeners, you're going to be part of the family here. Okay, so this may not interest you now, but it will eventually. You'll be, you know, you'll be contributing and chiming in on all these jokes and banter and tomfoolery, dare I say. Okay, so I go to pat myself down to run in the house to do the new episode I'm all excited about. There's no Wale. There's no wallet. Okay, that's a problem. We need the wallet nowadays. Uh, Not on my person. I look around my car, there's no wallet. Now, when I in my younger days, I, I had been a victim sometimes of the guy who puts the wallet on the lap, drives another 12 miles and forgets it's there, and then pops out of the car only to have the wallet fall to the ground in the, in, on the street behind beside you. That wasn't the case. That's what I was thinking. I was looking all over for this wallet, all over the car. I'm on the ground in my gym clothes. I'm on the floor, and it's raining now. It's even a little wet. I'm looking under my car. I'm looking under the car next to me. I called Starbucks. Now, by the way, Starbucks doesn't answer the phone nowadays, I guess. Uh, It took me three or four rings until completion to um to 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 finally get somebody on uh, through to finally get through to somebody and then there was a no you know what i mean i answer phone calls at my job where it's like oh you lost something no did i leave my yesterday the gucci sunglasses i got no I, you know there's a level of sympathy that i'm going to throw at you when i don't have your gucci sunglasses i call up hey is uh did anybody turn in a wallet and all that? nope okay thank you thank you for answering the question bye you know what I mean? I'm at least like, oh, Gucci, Gucci sunglasses. I'm so sorry. You know, I don't get, you know what? Let me take a number. So if it turns up, I'll give you a call back. You know, give, give me a little sympathy nowadays. That's a breakdown in corporate America, but that's a whole different story. But um, so I'm looking all over the place, looking all over the floor, nothing under things, over things on top. I'm retracing steps. I am fired up. I'm questioning life. I'm questioning why I dropped out of, out of college in 1996. I'm questioning, you know, wh- wh- what did I do? Who did I hurt yesterday to make this happen to me? You ever get into that moment like you just look up at the sky and say, can you throw me something? Give me something. 
And then uh, I'm looking under the seat. And anybody who knows, when you're trying to look in and out, the couch is one thing, right? The couch is a network of wood and cushion and beams and and, 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 and and material. It's tough enough. But when you're talking about the undercarriage of your car, of your vehicle, come on, man. That is a disaster, well, especially if you have power seats. Just getting through there, getting a getting a getting a finger through there is tough. So I'm all over the car, front, back, back, front, right, left, looking all over. Where glove compartment? I checked the glove compartment nine times. I've never put my wallet anywhere near the glove compartment, and I'm still checking it nine times. I'm fired up. I'm about to give up. I'm gonna have to hit hit myself with that word, that a word, acceptance, acceptance that there is no wallet. But I was like, there's no possible way. I didn't get out of the car. Did my wallet fall out the window? As I, I don't, because I don't even transfer the wallet. I transfer the credit card to the Starbucks lady. Right, the wallet never leaves the car. Guys, this is about a 20-minute ordeal, at least. I get in my car, I move the car back so as to make sure I don't miss any places where I could check underneath the car. There's no wallet. Guys, and for those of you who don't think I'm looking hard enough, here's how hard I'm looking for this wallet. I got my finger so deep, it, ooh, that's what she never wanted to hear. Uh, Well, maybe sometimes, maybe on Thursdays. Uh. I got my I got my hand so far deep between the seats. I'm pulling up all sorts of stuff that I didn't forgot I had in there. Guys, I'm not lying. I'm gonna post this. I think it's Julie. Okay. There was a Publix, and if you know what Publix is, down in Florida where I got the car, is a grocery store called Publix. I mean, it's a beautiful facility. It's a wonderland of grocery retail uh, extravaganza. So I, I put my hand in there. I pulled out. I pulled out, looking so hard for this wallet. I pulled out a Publix name tag of a woman named Julia who had to have been a previous owner of the vehicle. Okay? So that's how hard I'm looking for this thing. So uh, I just refused to give up, refused to give up. 25 minutes in. I put my finger deeper. Oh, gosh, I'm not trying to do this, guys. I'm so sorry. But I, I, I reach deeper and, and pull, put my hand further into where the, you know, between the seats. And I finally, on the tip, the very tip of my middle finger, I feel fake leather. And I'm like, oh, oh, and I go deep. And I, and I finally, with two fingers, pulled out what was my escaped and and, and and elusive wallet. You know, my thing is I, I got a wallet that's, you know, I, I don't want those big bulky fold-over wallets. So I got basically a card holder is what I got. And it's like one ply, right? You don't fold it over. It's a one-ply piece. Just enough three or four cards plus my ID. But, oh, boy, there was not going to be an episode. If I didn't find this wallet, there was not going to be an episode. And uh, all the while, my Starbucks is sitting there. The ice is melting. Not ideal. Wow. That was a tangent. And we're talking probably nine-minute tangent on that. But I do apologize. Let's get into it. All right. So uh, what are we doing when, we, when it comes to trying to resume cruising? Okay? Because that's what we all really want. That's what, we, but that's what we're hoping for. Uh, at the end of the day, the, the pandemic caused what they're calling a public health emergency right so the government agency 
is uh, calling this a public health emergency, and that is in place, where I guess it just allows for a bunch of mandates to take place and limits certain things. You know, you can agree with this or not, but it limits certain things under special conditions where what we have is called a public health emergency. Now, there's something separate called the framework for the condi- the framework for the conditional sale order, and that basically falls underneath the public health emergency. So the public health emergency is kind of like overlapping. And then you have the conditional sale order, which basically takes second place to that. Uh, And that means if the public health emergency happened to be lifted, then there would be some debate and some real good reason for the conditional sale order to be whether or not that would really be still enforceable. If you had this public health emergency that went away, could you still enforce the CDC's conditional sale order? Uh, And that would eventually put us, uh, uh, ultimately put us one step closer to cruising. Now, the thing is, is that you're dealing with two government agencies and these two government agencies would probably be less than likely to step on each each other's toes the department of health and human services is the agency that puts out the public health emergency and as we all know too well the cdc is behind that conditional sale order so a lot of uh and i'll give a shout out to the creators out there that i watch all the time a lot of the youtube guys they were looking at it like okay so this this um health emergency order was extended Right. And it was a deadline of like April 20th or something like that, that whether or not. See, I think I think I think people thought that was important. You know what I mean? I think people expected under some 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 world that this public health emergency order was going to be lifted. And that would allow for the conditional sale order to theoretically be obsolete and it would go away now. I watched this and I just think that this was just not going to happen. You know, a lot of people, I saw a lot of them was like disappointing cruise news, a step back and this and that. That's not the case. You know, there's steps back. We'll talk about a step back in a minute, but that's not a step back. The fact that the public health emergency didn't get lifted, nobody thought that was going to get lifted. We are still in the throes of the pandemic and this is still, you know, it's not going to be a situation where, you know, if you just lifted that, then all sorts of hell would break loose. Can you imagine? going somewhere inside and someone not making you wear a mask now i know you get that in certain places but most of the country yeah and most and this falls under most of the country most of us have to deal with the masks and things like that i think the social distancing has gotten less and less and the mask is just kind of like the last i guess it's almost like it's symbolic you know what i mean the mask is just the last uh, I guess, piece of symbolism that tells everybody that there's something to be afraid of out there, right? So that's what it is. This was not going to happen. This was not going to be lifted uh, out of nowhere. You thought somebody out of nowhere was going to come and say, hey, listen, it's over. There's no more health emergency. Everybody go back to your day to day to day. Because if you lift that public uh, health emergency thing, then you're basically saying that there's no issues. We can go back. And then, uh, uh, but that's just not not the case. It was not going to happen. Um, this is an order that has been extended five or six times now, unceremoniously. So, quite frankly, the fact that that was not lifted, and that, or I should say that was extended, is a flat out non-story. Now, if you want to talk 
real potential problems or issues. Uh, we got to turn our attention to our friends over at the CDC once again for very, in a very timely fashion, raising the warning level against traveling to the Bahamas. Now, we all know what's happening. We all know what's going on. The um, issue is, is that the cruise lines are losing money. The cruise lines have not been able to take on, well, I guess they've taken on revenue because people are still booking sailings. And that's another story. I don't understand why people are booking cruises right now at full price. Now, I'm going to contradict myself in a little while, and we'll get to that, but you're booking sailings right now, and, it, and it's we don't know what the schedule is going to be. Even when we do resume, we don't know that any of these sailings that are on the books right now that are being advertised even make any sense. But the, the cruise lines are finding themselves in a position to have to make, make money. You know what I mean? So what they're doing is, you know, like Norwegian, like Royal Caribbean, like Crystal, uh, they're, I guess, the companies that are usually making a brunt of their money in America are finding loopholes. So they're doing sailings out of Nassau, out of Bermuda, out of um, St. Martin. So the most popular one, because of its proximity to the U.S. is most likely going to be the adventure of the seas from Royal Caribbean out of Nassau, and they're uh, traveling to Perfect Day, Coco Cay, Cozumel, all this type of all this all these types of beautiful, uh, pristine, I mean, paradisical, dare I say, destinations, and uh, so that was going to be loaded up some from June to like November. Royal Caribbean is just going to do a ton of sailings out of Nassau, uh, circumventing the tyranny, the tyrannic rule of the CDC. Now, what happens? Coincidence or not? I have no idea. But there's a threat level. And it was raised to four as it pertains to the Bahamas. And this threat level, one to four, does, doesn't it just remind you of how it was back in, uh, you know, the old days of the early 2000s of the terrorism threats? You know what I mean? It was like a red light, green light, yellow light, whatever light. It was like we're comparing uh, terrorism to traffic lights. And um, that was, you know, the threat level was at an orange or yellow or whatever, or green was fine. But this is what the CDC is doing now. The Bahamas, who uh, conspired, maybe you might want to say, with Royal Caribbean to disappointingly uh, find a solution or a workaround for cruising and uh royal caribbean is going to sail out of the bahamas and then with this about to start in a couple of months the cdc raised travel to the bahamas to a level four and uh i don't know there's a statement here it says because of the current situation in the bahamas even fully vaccinated travelers may be at risk for getting and spreading covid19 variants and should avoid all travel to the bahamas if you must travel to the Bahamas, get fully vaccinated before travel. All travelers should wear a mask, stay six feet from others, avoid crowds, and wash their hands. Now, first and foremost, the conspirators out there will say that this is just the CDC being the CDC, and this is a checkers move against what cruise lines are trying to do by sailing out of the Bahamas. Um to be fair, though, the number of new cases in the Bahamas has gone up significantly in recent days, weeks, maybe. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say. This is what you might call a worst case scenario for the industry. 
It's it's you can't get for what everything we're trying to do. Every time you see some good news, every time you hear some good chatter. Now I was very very. You guys, if you listen to the show, you know I was very very pessimistic. I like to call it realist. A lot of you will call it cynical, but I don't find it to be cynical because of what I'm seeing right now. Because now I'm finding that there is chatter. There is reason to think that. Uh, some of the things that are being put in place might have us eventually sailing. Now, will it be in June? Doubt it. Will it be in July? Not likely. Will it be in August? Who knows? You know, maybe by late late summer, early fall, maybe something can happen. You know what I mean? I'm feeling like that. I'm listening to the chatter. You know, it's just a feel. You got no like that's the biggest mistake you could ever ever listen to. Somebody who thinks they know, because none of us know. Nobody knows. On the Patreon last week, I had Doug Parker. He's about as inside as somebody can get in the industry. Guess what? Doug Parker has no clue from Cruise Radio, has no clue when this is going to start. He threw out a guess on the Patreon, but it's not, it's, it's, it's a guess is all it is. So these sailings are from Nassau are set to start in June. It's safe to say that the numbers of new cases uh, will be monitored extremely closely as those drawing uh, as those sailings draw near so again continuing with the philosophy that nobody has any idea what's going to happen when this is going to you know you also have to consider the fact that when it is announced that sailing can take place again you're talking about at least another 60 to 90 days to get everybody ready these ships are not just able to kind of like on a week or two's notice get back into service you're talking about training you're talking about you know listen we've talked about all this stuff before so we don't have to get into it again but all the new technology that that comes with the COVID-19 protocols all the training that has to happen whether it's new employees there's got to be a lot of new employees how many people do you think what percentage and I'm sure it's pretty high but what percentage of people do you think rode out this storm you know what I'm saying? All the people who are cruise ship employees, uh, you know, maybe half of them were on their way out anyway, because I think there is a shelf life to that job. But then how many of them do you lose during this pandemic? They started other careers. So you're going to have to have new blood come in, right? And all this new blood is going to have to be trained. So there is going to be, I mean, just forget about the hardware point of view, the, the, the people, the, the, the staffing, all that stuff is going to have to, you know, have a slow resumption. It's going to have to ease its way back into service. So when they do give the go ahead, it's going to be 60 to 90 days after that. Uh, I think the only thing I really think if you're asking me for a hunch, and I know you are, is that what it's going to take. You know, there's all sorts of different ways. I know uh, Norwegian put out that plea to the CDC asking them, you know, can we rejoin? Can we open up society with you on July 4th? Can we put these protocols in place that will make everybody feel more comfortable? Dare I say more comfortable than even the average person walking the street, going to the grocery store, the gas station, the cruise ship, based on what Norwegian said and Frank Del Rio, he's basically saying we're going to make cruise ships safer than it is to walk around about your day to day. So uh, out of all these things that are happening uh, the, 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 the framework, I, the, I, I think, I truly believe a combination of all these lawsuits 
that are going to hopefully come out and the new legislation being introduced, such as the ones coming out of Alaska and Florida. These are the things that are really going to be the driving force. Uh, I'm talking about aggressive, dare I say, borderline adversarial maneuvers that let the CDC and the White House know that this is not going to be taken lying down anymore. Because if you do look at the numbers, the only thing I say is not that we want to be hostile, but they have a case. They have a case when you put the data in front of a court of law. You're going to see a lot of these places. You see a lot of the businesses. And this is for real, guys. This is not me being political. I'm not saying which side I agree with or not. But I know in New York, several businesses never closed down during the pandemic. And they were forced to shut down in certain instances. And they were brought up on charges in certain instances. They didn't get in any trouble. Okay, they did not get any trouble because at the end of the day, we're looking at the Constitution and when it gets into the hands of courts of law, you know, when they start seeing this, how much money is being lost and how many jobs are being lost and how these multi-billion dollar companies that provide so many jobs are being forced to just sit out and lose money and lose money uh, when, when it's put into uh a, a, when it's put through a court of law when it's put into the supreme court they have to look at the facts and the facts are there and then you compare that to all these industries that were allowed to stay open i think anybody and again i'm no lawyer but anybody with any common sense is going to have to say they have a point and there is a risk of them losing those lawsuits so I think to me, before these lawsuits and these litig- and these man, these, um, I'm sorry, this legislation and things like that, there was really no, uh, there was no, I guess what would you say, no motivation for the CDC to be like, all right, let's listen to these people, let's do it, let's make it happen. They were always able to just be like, no, or we're just not speaking on it. We're just kind of just turning up, turning our backs to the industry. It, it just left you completely in the dark, zero transparency. But now there is some uh, some pushback. You know what I'm saying? It's tricky, though. You know what I mean? The situation has to be managed effectively. See, I understand if you're a cruise line, you don't want to sit around and let this stuff happen. But at the same time, you cannot be too adversarial. You know what I mean? You don't want to create an irreparable hostility situation. It's to me, I, in my opinion, the CDC has to offer a long rope when it, when it comes to that. You know what I mean? The CDC, I get it. When you start suing people, you know, people get on edge and they be, they take it personally and they get fired up and they push back a lot of times and they say, no, now you're never sailing. You know what I mean? To me, the CDC needs to offer a long rope when it comes to that. They have to understand that this is um, not necessarily something that should be taken personally. They have to understand that these cruise lines are fighting for their lives. Their livelihoods, not just theirs, all the jobs that are around. You know what I mean? The ripple effect that comes with the fact that there's no cruising. So, you know, if 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 I'm the CDC, all right, they're suing. Jeez, uh, all right. Listen, uh, nobody wants to deal with this lawsuit. Let's get to the table. I guess we have no other choice than to sit down with them. What's the deal? First of all, get to the lawyers. Ask the lawyers, CDC. I'm the CDC right now. Lawyers, look into this. Well, you know, I guess if you look at the basic data, 
I'm not saying we'll lose, but they got a case. You know what I'm saying? We did decimate their industry. And you know what? The airlines are still going. The hotels are still going. All inclusives are still going. And they, I, they do have grounds to feel as though they're being picked on. Back to the CDC. Okay, well, all right. If that's what you're saying to me, all right, let's sit down. Let's go to the table. Let's find out what we can possibly do to make it as strict as possible. But we may have to eventually let them free and kind of we don't want to get sued. You know what I mean? That's the last thing we want to do is get sued. So all they really want to do is be able to operate and be back in business. So maybe it's time to have that. That's the way I see it happening tomorrow, the next day, next week. Probably not. But I do see the more the the pushback happens. I think you have to follow through with these lawsuits. I think you have to follow through with this legislation. And I think that's the clearest path and most effective path for us to find ourselves back on cruise ships. It's weird because you do see a completely contrasting message from each of the heads of the five families. And I do apologize. That's a Godfather reference. There are no five families. I'm talking about the three, the big three. Richard Fain Fain from Royal Caribbean side stays pretty positive. He does these weekly addresses to the travel agent community. And uh, they're pretty entertaining if nothing else he goes off the map he talks about the weather he talks about he talks about a lot of stuff makes these wacky analogies with basketball and how you know the cdc they're treating us like the the end of a basketball game where you don't even have to watch the first like dude what are you taking shots at basketball for what are you taking shots at the nba it's a good product you know what i mean what what, what are you you trying to do there trying to let us know you, you you watch sports I don't know, but I got to see Richard, uh, you know, and I did post on the, uh, fa- in the Facebook, uh, crew, the crew, the, uh, always be both cruise and travel lounge on Facebook. I posted the contrast of what his headshot looks like and what he's looking like in these addresses. He's just letting the hair go. He's dressing casually. I don't know. I feel like he's like w- w- trying to work from the Bernie Sanders, uh, <laughs> public speaking, uh, uh, philosophy. Uh, Richard, hang in there. Let's clean it up here. Uh, but he's mostly staying positive. You know, he tries to at least. Then you have Norwegian Frank Del Rio. He he takes a little bit of the Tony Montana Scarface approach. I I feel like this is like he's very very defiant. He's like CDC, your lettuce screws. Um, that was terrible. I don't even know why I did that. I probably probably lost uh at least forty to fifty listeners by doing that. But I do apologize. But he uh. Frank Del Rio seems to be the the pit bull. He seems to be the one that's really kind of going after things and trying to make things happen and really kind of calling the CDC and the powers that be out by all the... It makes sense, too, because out of the big three, uh, NCL is probably a distant three to the other two. And I would think that they have the most axe to grind because, you know, they... They don't have a. They don't have a lot. They can't sit around. Carnival money, Royal Caribbean money. They're probably going to be okay for a little while, especially with the financial moves they've made. Norwegian has made a bunch of moves as well, but I would say out of the big three, Norwegian is probably sitting on top of the least uh, liquid cash and probably needs to get back to sea quicker than the other two. Then you have Arnold Donald of Carnival. Now he's all over the map. He's Honestly, I've said it from the beginning. I like Arnold Donald. I like listening to him speak, mainly 
because he's just a smooth politician. He's very savvy. He knows the right things to say. When it's been time to get a little negative and do do a little kind of pushing back, he does that. But then when he's banged into a corner, he uh, he he's careful to 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 shake hands and kiss babies and make sure that you know nobody's too. He he doesn't attack too much. You know what I mean. He 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 tempers his anger and uh he's very very good at that he's smooth always has that smile that winning smile uh, i don't want to say he's like don king without the hair but <laughs> he might be a little bit of that but i'm just i'm kind of kidding arnold donald i think is very very capable at what he does but yes he's all over the map and just he he's just a polished politician and he like i said he's the ceo of carnival so that's why they stand that's what basically the uh Heads of the five families stand when it comes to getting back to cruising and how they're handling their dealings with the CDC. As we mentioned, there were three members of Congress, we uh, uh, two from Florida and one from Alaska, who are trying to pass legislation that would bypass the CDC's no-sale order and ultimately create a path to reinstate cruising. I think, again, I do like this. I like this, and I like. I, I just think they got to get more traction. Uh, and they are. They have been. Recently, over a dozen more members of Congress got together to pass an additional piece of legislation that would help get the industry started again. In their efforts to get this legislation passed, the Congress people cite some absolutely wild numbers. We're talking about $5.6 billion dollars to the overall economy to the state of florida 4.4 billion in would-be wages to the state and almost 100,000 jobs and that's just florida um, that's to say nothing of all the ripple effects that it has across the rest of the state and the rest of the country economy in general uh, the vast majority of congress people that are on board with this just to be you know full disclosure are republican they're mostly from Florida, uh, but also sprinkled in are Texas, New York, Alabama, and weirdly enough, Arizona. Kudos to Arizona for chiming in and getting involved in this fight, even though the last time I checked, they do not have a cruise port. Like I said, we don't want to get political, but you can't not mention the fact that they are all, like literally all Republicans. There's also a growing contingency of Democratic members of Congress who are getting more vocal about warning that the guidelines of the conditional sale order need to be kept in place. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I truly believe everybody when they do all this stuff it's yes it's political and yes there are other interests that are that come into play but me i like to see the good side as much as possible and i do think that they do ha- all have the courage of their convictions and they're doing what they think is right it's just the reality is this is uh america and in a free society everybody's allowed to think that certain things are right and certain things are wrong it's just a it's different differences in ideology exist across the board and uh these people you know i don't know whether they're just uh the 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 people who are still kind of uh clamoring to keep cruising on the sidelines i don't know i don't know it really is getting to a point where I, i i have been you guys know I've been right in the middle the whole way with this. You haven't seen me out there banging the drum and 
calling out conspiracy theories and this and that when it comes to, you know, uh, well, why the government won't let us cruise or won't let the industry get back to work. Uh, but it is getting to that point where it's getting, it's, it's pretty ridiculous how cruise lines are spending millions of dollars, spending hours and hours of time, spending money on legal teams and trying to figure out, you know, safety, uh, you know, pe- experts, when it comes to public safety and how we can do this in the safe, safest way possible. And just to be getting no answers from the CDC, nothing. And this conditional sale order, uh, this uh, the framework for the resumption, is just a joke. Like they're not even being clear. They're not even giving, like they're giving out very, very small details. A couple of weeks ago, they gave out a few more details, but it could still go on. Like you could do all the stuff that they're saying in the details they released, and then they could continuously put out more restrictions and more reasons why you can't cruise. You should put out everything in black and white right in front of you, right in front of everybody and have it be static so that they're not going to just throw in, uh, you know, part B and part C and part D1 and D2 and then E and then F. It's, it's out of control. Like, you're not being fair at this point. I have to. Again, I've tried to stay objective. I haven't called, you know, uh, hysteria from the beginning. I'm not one of these people said the industry shouldn't be ever, shouldn't be shut down. I was fine with all of that. But there has to come a time where you're at least going to communicate. If there's no reason why cruise ships should not happen, cruising should not happen whatsoever right now and it's out of the question, someone needs to step up and give us a real strong reason why. That's just not happening whatsoever. There are these are billion dollar industries that are being bled to death. The CDC must know that the cruise lines are in survival mode and they're absolutely desperate. So I'm hoping that a little bit of pushback and a little bit of aggression is met with a little bit of understanding. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure what you think. Anyway, enough of that. You know, like I said, the bottom line is nobody knows. And another Bottom line, the bottom line, maybe it's not the bottom line, maybe it's also on bottom, but it's next to the other bottom line, is that a lot of things have to happen. A lot of things have to happen before we can expect to have cruises going out of the USA. Shout out to Mallory. Mallory is a pirate and a peer runner, uh, a good friend at this point, an expert in cruise trivia usually wins and we're she's in our group chat we have a little group chat on facebook uh where you know we kind of kick around fun uh, little vacation ideas and uh we'll just kind of stay in touch is what it is through the pandemic it was great we actually used to do zoom meetings and stuff like that but um mallory has asked me uh to offer my services to her sister and help her book a cruise uh I, I I don't even know when. I didn't even look yet. I, I Mallory just said, "Can you, my sister wants to go on a cruise. Can you help her? I think it is next year. I think it's in 2022. But at the same time, this is what I said. I said, I will help in any way possible. I'll give information. I will walk them through the whole process. But I will not ask to be paid and I will not book it just because I, before I book any more cruises as a travel agent, I am going to have to see some of these things actually sail. You know what I mean? Uh, I've booked, whether it's, I could name at least five or six people that I've booked two or three cruises with and just kept pushing them back. 
and it's been an absolute nightmare and a disaster. You know what I mean? I got because also everybody's cutting back. These cruise lines are cutting back. So what does that mean? That means that they don't have a lot of people in the offices. So I got to get on the phone, and they're all working from home. So. I have gotten hung up on by Royal Caribbean celebrities so many times, whether it's through they just, you know what, we're, uh, it's just a, a disinterested working staff or it's just bad connections and everybody's working from home. So the connections are terrible. I, I've sat for over three hours on hold at one point. Now, granted, it's, it's 2021. I don't sit on hold and stare at the phone. You know what I mean? I put it on speaker and I be productive the, uh, through, throughout my day. But just talking about some of the peoples, you know, whether it's Scott or, or, or whether it's Matt or whether it's, you know, uh, whoever else. You know, there's a bunch of people out there who I've had to – and this is – I am so, so thankful for them to for them using me as a travel agent. But at the same time – I am not going to book anymore right now because it doesn't make any sense. And it's also an issue because I'm a busy guy at work and you want to do changes to your itinerary. You want to get your money back. You want to count cruise credits. You're still deciding whether you want to get your money back or you want to get the 125% cruise credit, all that stuff. And you're making these decisions on a moment's notice and you want it, you want information now, but then you have to wait for me. You know what I mean? You have to wait for me to be able to get off work and get on the phone with them, then sit and sit on hold with them for two, three hours sometimes. And then, you know, it becomes a disaster. Then I have to give up because I have to go back to work or I have to do whatever else I have to do. And then I have to start all over the next day, but then I may not be available. To st- so I'm saying that I won't book any cruises until I see them actually go. Uh, so that's what it is, but I did book a cruise (laughs) and that's the part of the, uh, you know, the beginning where I was kind of saying I was going to be a little contradictory with myself. And the truth is, is that, you know, I still have that you are comped deal. And that was basically a complimentary cruise from way back in June. And it was because of, um, casino offers that I got. This company is great. You It's a little sketchy because you don't really know what you're always getting and their business model kind of changes, which a lot of people's business models change with this whole pandemic thing. But I got an offer to go. I had to pay just the taxes and port charges on a sailing from, uh, I believe it was New York to Bermuda and Charleston, South Carolina. Interestingly enough, that cruise was not happening. I was able to roll it over to another sailing and then another sailing. So now where we're at is, um, where we are at is uh, October 30th, 2021, Celebrity Edge. See, this guy is, is exciting because the cost of this cruise for a Celebrity Edge and those infinity balconies, those new balconies they have, we have a balcony cabin for a seven-night cruise for $305. See that? You're going to book. You know what I mean? I, I, I'll book that cruise only because, A, it's 300 bucks. The three hundred bucks isn't going anywhere. That money, if the if this cruise gets canceled, which at this point I think it will, I don't feel very confident that this ship will sail. You know what I'm saying? I need a reason to. I know it's a long time away. I know we it's it's mid fall, getting close to winter. But when you're talking about being able to get on a brand new, well, not brand new anymore, but it's a very very new cruise ship, one of the most technologically advanced cruise ships around, and it's a balcony cabin. 
it's got four ports of call. We have, I believe it's Cozumel, it's uh, Roatan, it's Nassau, and what's the other one? forgot what the other one is i believe it's it's it is four though but you know and, and it's it's a halloween cruise you know what i mean shout out to chris cancel uh it, i am a little terrified to be going he he brings six or seven costumes on every cruise when it's not halloween yes he actually dresses up like a furry runs around the ship as a stitch and he uh sometimes wears a jumpsuit so as to be like he's a top a guy from top gun he uh wears a big giant orange hat and dresses up like uh, Ricky Fowler, the golfer. He has a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, costumes that he wears. But this is Halloween. So I'm wondering what the hell he's going to wear for Halloween. You know, I'm going to let him. He's going to do his thing during that time. I, I probably won't, you know, we'll probably have our times where we're hanging out as buddies on that cruise and then there'll be times when he's kind of go off and going off and doing his tomfoolery uh i do i do have to you know i i am not i am remiss if i don't remind him that he is banned from carnival cruise lines uh due to um you know that that's the thing about it's it's a dicey line when you when you when you're trying to bring attention to yourself when you when you're doing a lot of that bringing attention to yourself you're going to get a lot of good attention you're going to get a lot of bad attention. But then if you don't have the right temperament to handle the bad attention, then things can escalate and then you have to be ready to deal with that. And then when you're ready to deal with that, you have to be ready to deal with the repercussions of what you just dealt with. And uh, so that's why I've kind of stepped away a little bit from the craziness, the wackiness. Trust me, you guys know I'm a certified nut job alcoholic, so I will pick my spots and we will get into some wacky stuff here and there. But yeah, I do try to... Um, um, manage it a little bit more. Chris hasn't gotten to that level. He's still going all in. Uh, you know, he's got his catchphrases, balls to the wall, coming in hot, uh, men of the people. That's all his thing. So he puts on a show when he cruises. So there's no question that it's going to be fun. But uh, will it be too fun is the question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm not going to book any more cruises as a travel agent. I'll book a cruise for myself. I got... I got $500 in Royal Caribbean credit uh, that I can use too as well because I had to cancel that uh, Oasis uh, cruise that I know was going to be canceled. I think it already, no, it's not canceled yet, but it will be. And then that other one where I transferred that over to the Bahamas cruise out of Nassau. And then I found out that there's really not much of a ferry option for me to do. So that's, I can't get, there was a non-refundable deposit. So now here I sit with... um, $500 $500 in Royal Caribbean cruise credit that will not go to waste. We'll use it at some point, hopefully, if this damn industry ever gets back on its feet. All right. So you guys know, I've said it before to you guys, that the emails are the lifeblood of this show. People really, really like the email portion of the show. The only issue is, is that I can't read emails if we don't have them. Right. So I didn't get any emails off the last show. I'll say this, too. It was one of the most listened to episodes in history. The last episode that I did. I mean, that to me is very, very heartwarming during a pandemic while there's no cruise ships happening. This was one of the most listened to episodes ever. And uh, contradictory, contra differently is I just gave up on a word, didn't I? Uh, 
we didn't get any emails none none no none emails from that show so i am asking you and you know what maybe sometimes it's better when i give a little bit of a theme so that i can ask you guys what to say i could i can solicit emails by giving you a topic to email me about uh what's been on my mind a lot lately especially since i've just been grinding it out at work now i did have an unwelcome 10-day vacation uh, to the left wing, the west wing of my apartment. Uh, and that was because of a little thing called COVID-19. So that was a pain in the ass and I didn't really get to, you can't consider that a vacation. I didn't get away, stayed in my apartment, literally stayed in my apartment. I'm not one of these people that cheated and went out and went for walks and, you know, did nothing. Went to drive throughs didn't do anything. I stayed home. I did what I was supposed to do. So uh, I haven't gone away in forever. So I really have been jonesing for a vacation. And I went so far as in my thirst for a getaway. Today's my day off, right? My one day off, like I guess for the most part right now. I was at work yesterday. I was like, where can I go? I got online and almost hit enter on purchasing a round trip train ticket to Maine for the day. Okay, this is a seven or eight hour trip on a train. Uh, I was I was just gonna bring the camera, head to Maine, and uh, enjoy the enjoy the day. You know what I mean? Even if I got like only twelve hours in Maine, because I could have come back tomorrow up until you know like four or five o'clock. I could if I wanted to push it, no problem. But I feel like I was forcing it a little bit. So I'm really in the market for a getaway for a vacation. And in that group chat that I mentioned before with Mallory, Sandra, Chris, Jonathan, everybody, uh, I was like, you know, we got to do something. And I've thrown a lot of stuff out there. The first thing I threw out there to you guys was Nashville. Okay. And Nashville kind of flew by the wayside for one reason, because of the fact that I thought that cruising was back in play. I thought cruising was a hardcore back in play. And the reason I thought it was back in play was because of these trips out of Nassau. I thought I could get to Nassau relatively easy via via, uh, via high-speed ferry. Turns out that, A, you can't because the first ferry leg is four hours from Fort Lauderdale to Grand Bahama. And then you got to go from Grand Bahama to Nassau, which was another like 10 hours. So, and then I figured, I found out that those 10 hour ferries don't really exist anymore. They might intermittently, but on the regular schedule, they all were listed as not available. So I couldn't do that, right? So now we're back to square one. Where is this vacation going to be? And now as I sit here and try to ponder our next vacation, and I'm hoping this could be a group trip. You know what I mean? You guys are all welcome. You guys are all invited. I'd love to have you, but we're still kind of deciding. So I would like to ask you. I'd like to throw it at you and see what you guys think. What is your recommendation for this next vacation, which clearly looks like if it's going to be this early part of the summer or midsummer, it's not going to be on a cruise ship. So the first thing I thought of was, should it be an all-inclusive trip to the Bahamas? Now, all inclusives are mostly around the Caribbean and Mexico. There are maybe two or three in the United States of America, and it might be down to one if you're talking about, you know, what's absolutely affordable. I saw these things. I think it's Key Largo, guys. 
If you just want some vacation porn, look up the bungalows in Key Largo. It is all inclusive, uh, but it was like, I don't know, it was like three grand for the week. It was out of control. The numbers were very, very high. I don't think I could get into those things, but uh, they were gorgeous. Very, very remote. Everything on property, all inclusive. Uh, the, the bungalows, too. They just looked so, so beautiful, but I don't think we could pull those off. But there are a couple of all inclusives on Grand Bahama. They have Lighthouse Point or Viva Wyndham. You know, I think uh, one of them is actually even a shore excursion for. Uh, cruise ships that do stop in Freeport. So I think, uh, like I said, the Lighthouse Point, Lighthouse Point or Viva by Wyndham. I'm sure they're both, both very nice. There's not a lot of videos on of them on YouTube. You don't get that ultra, ultra luxury, kind not ultra, but even for your money, you're talking about, you know, sandals or Ryu or, or Rua, whatever it is. And you know, a lot of these, you know, these all-inclusives they're not that expensive but they do like cruising offer everything you need and they do have a luxury feel to them you know call it budget luxury these two i can't figure out if they're luxurious i can't figure out if i go there will i be feeling like i'm at you know a trailer park family picnic or not i can't figure it out i can't feel for it so i'm still going to try to look at those and see what the deal is with those uh and then there's one called resorts world uh hilton on bimini now that's not an all-inclusive but this thing looks pristine this thing looks beautiful and we can get there these are places you can get to by a couple hours ferry so all-inclusive hotel Bahamas, you know, the, the, the advantage to that is that you feel like you're really, you're getting away. You know what I mean? You're actually going on a vacation. You're leaving the continental United States. You, you, you're feeling good about the fact that, you know, you actually are on a real non-American, non-U.S. island and you feel like you're away. That to me is the biggest advantage of choosing uh, a Bahamas option. You know what I'm saying? Uh, real tropics stress-free, all that type of thing. Number two, the second option is the one we keep talking about, and that is Nashville. Nashville is still in play. Now, the advantage to Nashville is obviously just a vacation vibe. You know I love live music. You know I love country music, even though there's more than just country music in Music City. Uh, it is a vacation destination where everybody there, you know, Bachelorette headquarters, we love that. You also have the, um, you know, the, the great food, whether it's barbecue. Nashville has become a fairly cosmopolitan touristy city, uh, a very mainstream city. Uh, uh, they call, you know, they have all the nicknames, Nash Vegas. It's more like because it's just such a touristy place. And I would love to do that. The disadvantages to Nashville, it is far. I do have to drive there. It's probably a 12 hour drive. No problem. I can handle that. Uh, it is a little annoying to do that for what is ultimately just a long weekend what would be just a long weekend and i also uh don't love the fact that there's no palm trees and there's no ocean you know you're gonna say to me tommy try something different you don't always have to go to uh some cheesy caribbean island you know what sometimes you do sometimes people 
forget cruising, forget uh, Caribbean, forget type of vacation. There's people out there that take two vacations a year and they won't go anywhere but Aruba. You know what I'm saying? That's where they go. Sometimes people just know what they like and that's what they want to do. I'm not saying that's the 100% case with me, but there is an element of that to me where I just want to be with palm trees and green water and pina coladas and I want to smell the salty air. There's a part of me that it says if I have to uh, allocate seven days and a couple of thousand dollars to any vacation of which you only get a certain amount in your lifetime, I'm going to make sure it's where I want to be. Having said that, I would retract that for Nashville. So if you think Nashville is the way to go and think Nashville is something that should be considered for it to be in the running, let me know. By the way, the email address is Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you don't know that by now. Uh, but definitely email me. Hit me up. So there's more. Okay. Number three, somewhere on the west coast of Florida. Okay. This is basically out of simplicity. You know what I mean? It's no problem getting to any of these places. You have St. Pete Beach. You have Siesta Key, Sanibel Island, Marco Island, Tampa. All of these places, you know, are very, very easily accessible. We can get there. That's not the issue. The issue is, is it going to be too serene? You know what I mean? The price will probably be right on a lot of these as well. The, the, the question is, will it be too calm? Will it be uh, more of like on the um, just uh, elderly or family side of things to where there's no real action? We got to get into something. I don't necessarily demand a Vegas style, New Orleans style party 24-7. But on those particular nights where we want to get loose and get after it a little bit, will we have that option? And... The question is, will we have that option? I think St. Saint Pe- Saint Pete, <laughs> Pete Beach, I think you will. I don't know. Siesta Key, wasn't that an MTV show? I tried to look up Siesta Key just to do research about it, and this MTV spring break style show kept coming up. So I don't know. Maybe that's a sign that I got to keep looking into that. But, you know, for, for ease of access and chillability and probably price point, uh, that's where that that that's what would make West Coast of Florida a pretty good option, and then number four, which is I think yeah that's the final option that I have, is good old Key West. I'd like to get your feedback on whether or not you think the Key West option should be what we do. Now the uh, the great news about Key West is that I already know. Again, speaking with the whole, you know. Uh, knowing where you want to go and knowing what you like thing. I know Key West. It has become one of my favorite places on the planet. It wasn't always that way. When I, it's, Again, everything in life as well is about expectations. So in the beginning, when I first went to Key West, I had a definitely a different feel of what Key West would be. Now remember too, this was probably close to 20 years ago. Now myself and a couple of friends from work, you know, managers that were my managers. I was, you know, an assistant manager. So my general manager and his best friend, we decided to go down to Key West for what is called Fantasy Fest. Okay. Now, Fantasy Fest, it's a huge party. All right. It's a big party. But I don't know if you know much about me. I like big parties, but I'm not into And I love the, I love the company of a good woman. <laughs> 
but I'm not one of these fetish guys. You know what I mean? I'm not one of these bondage people. You walk around and you're like, you know, just your pasty. I'm not. And, and trust me, listen, it is what it is. We're not talking about, you know, runway models here. And I'm not here to judge too, because I understand I'm no prize. But there's a bunch of middle-aged people walking up and down Duval Street in like spiked chain outfits and, um, you know, all sorts of S&M outfits. And it's it's more or less, you know, furries you have down there, some furries for those of you into that type of thing. I didn't hate it. We went down and we enjoyed the spectacle of it and it was fun and it was definitely, you know, you meet a lot of people and you have a good time. But I also thought that the city was a little too rustic for me. The island, I should say, was a little bit too rustic for me. There wasn't a lot of stuff that was built up. I expected more of like what I expected from Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale, just in a cooler, more tropical, more sub-island, close-to-Cuba type environment. It wasn't that. It was a fishing town, clearly, and it was definitely rustic. It Definitely, the upkeep wasn't great, and... um. Yes, when we did go down there, we were met with uh, a lot of alternative lifestyle type people. You know what I mean? Again, no judging whatsoever, just not my thing. But then as you go through the years and manage your expectations, the next time I honestly, the next time I went to Key West was not till I left out of Orlando and I went on my solo trip there just for contemplation and I got that convertible Mustang and I went, I saw what I did was I took a bus, uh, it wasn't a bus, a van, a limo service van down from Orlando to Miami. And this thing leaves multiple times a day. It's a great service to get you around Florida. You can get in a minivan. Uh, luxury shuttles of Florida is one. There's also a brokerage that handles a bunch of them. There's a lot of these vans that passenger vans ranging from 15 to 30 people, which is a regular bus that they will just shuffle you around Florida. Big shout out to the Cincinnati girl, sweet St. Thomas Tara. (laughs) It was a great one, man. We, 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 uh, we met in Orlando and she was just on a layover, um, because she was going to not a layover basically flight was to Orlando and then her aunt who lived in Fort Myers was picking her up from the airport but the aunt couldn't get there till like 9:30 and her flight landed at 5:30 so she landed and this is the girl who I met in St. Thomas on a cruise and she was working as a waitress in Senior Frogs we stayed in touch and ended up becoming good friends and uh in some cases, whatever else. And then she uh, she came in, and this was really, really the first time I hung out with her, hung out with her outside of St. Thomas. She came into Orlando and got in touch with me and said, I have like four hours to kill, three or four hours to kill. You want to get some drinks? And we did that. We went to uh, Howl at the Moon. We went to a few different bars. We had an absolute blast for about three hours. And then she had to go meet her aunt at the airport who was taking her to... Uh, Fort Myers. She did so. And this was right around Easter. But two or three days. She was supposed to be there for like five days. Two or three days into that. She texted me. She's like hey. I wish I was back up in Orlando. We had such a good time together. And I was like yes we did. You should get here. She's like how the hell am I going to get there. You go online. And there's these shuttle services. That will just scoot around Florida. And just bring you anywhere. They do these runs. And they go from like, you know, they have regular runs that they do, but 
they're very, very user friendly. So I would, um, so I basically looked up one and it said, are leaving Fort Myers this time to Orlando, uh, you know, for three hours, whatever it is. And we got her back and she came back. <laughs> she goes, what the hell are you got me in? This guy is driving like 120 miles per hour. They are a little scary. I'm not going to lie to you, but she ended up coming back and, and that's what it was. So you can, you can get all over Florida with those. And that's what I did. That's what I took from Orlando to Miami. And then once I got out of Miami, I took that to uh i took the i rented the uh mustang convertible you know what i mean the the one that was hot in the 90s that vanilla ice you know wrapped about they still make them but that was one of those 5.0 rolling rolling in my 5.0 whatever it is uh so we um so i drove and then i just got a whole new appreciation for it i stayed at the gates hotel beautiful beautiful hotel at a great price with a great facility. The only problem is it's a little bit out of the way. But I enjoyed the hell out of that trip. Walked around Key West solo. Got a whole different perspective of what it was. And um, really enjoyed it as a gorgeous island destination. Really enjoyed the seafood. Really enjoyed uh, you know Sloppy Joe's. Uh, all the stuff. The history going up and down um, White Whitehall, Whitehall Street I think it is. Where you got... Tons of stuff to see and do and look at. And I loved it. I loved it. And I've been back a few times since with Beatrix, one with my buddy Joe and JP. Key West has what I want. You know what I mean? Key West has it all. I know that I'm going to get what I want at a Key West. What's the disadvantage to Key West? Only one thing. It's just not new. I've done it four or five times now. So, like, is the trip to Key West something we should do or should i opt for something like nashville something that's completely fresh that everybody who knows me for the last seven years has told me who's been there has told me i gotta get there it's right up my alley so nashville that that's what nashville is nashville is a little bit of the unknown but you know other disadvantages we talked about versus key west i know i'll absolutely love it but done it you know what i mean been there done that so that's the question. Um, yeah, so since there's no emails this week, I guess this episode is going to be a little bit short. But based on what I just said, I would love your feedback. Tell me what you guys think of what uh, it should be for the next vacation. Probably won't be till like August or something like that or, or late July or whatever it is. But, you know, or if there's any other. I mentioned four solid ones. You got to realize I don't fly. Okay. It's going to be a long weekend not necessarily a full week maybe it, well, it could be a full week because i know that some of the people we're going with can't get away for the full week but it doesn't mean i can't stay or some of us can stay some of us can go but give me some ideas of places from new york that i can drive to or take a train to get there ideally less than a day won't take more than a day to get there getting there is part of the fun guys especially if i'm going to florida I would do the, I would do that exact same thing. If it ended up being Key West, I would take the day long train to Florida. You get the room, Miami, I should say, and then you get the rental car. And that, to me, that's that's again just like two and a half hour drive. But I love that drive. Absolutely love that drive. Top down, look at all the island culture as you're driving by. It's just a chain of islands held together by one road. And I love every minute of it. But give me a feedback. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. One thing I didn't mention this episode is that in case you guys didn't know, I do have a Patreon. 
p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked it's a great way to support this show and it's a great way to get a couple of extra shows a week yes i did stop saying every day because it hasn't been every day it's been ideally every other day sometimes more sometimes less but it is uh if you like what you heard you're gonna get more of that we do go off the rails a little bit more on the patreon we talk about weird stuff talk about personal life stuff more about the job more about work if you want to hear more about that stuff you can check out the patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked as we said always be booked on youtube the always be booked cruise and travel lounge on facebook and instagram i want to thank you guys for listening you guys are the best Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part set of a nine on tree. And the drinks set cold, and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy There's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Oh